This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. On this edition of On the Mark with Mark Carmen, Theo Epstein has made his move. We'll hear from the Cubs president. I'm going to react to my favorite sound bites from his press conference announcing that Joe Madden is no longer the Cubs manager. Exit interviews for the White Sox. What was their favorite moments of the year? A bunch of White Sox on the show, including Lucas Giolito, James McCann, Aaron Bummer, and more. Also, a stop in the Bears locker room. James Daniels moving over from guard to center. What does he think about that move? And more from Pat O'Donnell, the punter. And now doing kickoffs with Eddie Pinheiro battling a knee injury. And our final stop today, Owen Daniels, Super Bowl champion with the Denver Broncos, longtime tight end with the Houston Texans. A busy on the mark with Mark Harmon starts right now. I want to start the show today talking about Theo Epstein and his press conference. One hour and 20 minutes, Theo sat with the media trying to explain why the Cubs are moving on from Joe Madden, the most successful manager in the history of the Chicago Cubs. He tried to explain what he was thinking back in the day and how that applies to now. Because Joe is the perfect manager at the perfect moment in time for us, for the group that we had. And where they were in their careers, what they were trying to accomplish in the game, the identity that we needed to establish. He was the perfect guy. If I could go back and do it again, I obviously anyone in this room would, would go and hire Joe Madden again. And now we need the perfect guy for this moment in time, uh, for this group, for where they are in their careers, for their skills and their habits. And there's a unique challenge at this moment in time. Very simple translation, right? Look, these guys won a World Series. They're making a lot of dough. Some of them are eyeing a new huge contract, Chris Bryant, Javi Baez. I'll get to that in a moment. They're way too comfortable. Joe Madden feels way too comfortable. He won a World Series or he knows he's a made man in Chicago. Chris Bryant knows he's a made man. Same thing with Javi Baez. Same thing with Anthony Rizzo. We need somebody who wants to come in here, a leadership guy in the manager spot who's going to light a fire under this crew. And Joe is just not going to do that because he's had a lot of success and it's just not his personality. That's clearly what Theo thinks. I would say that it would have been just as effective to bring in some players who were hungry. Maybe you make a trade with Chris Bryant or Javi Baez. Both those guys have two years of control left. You going to pay them both? Maybe, but I'm going to guess the Cubs are going to be active this season. Here was Theo on whether he wants to keep 
Javi and Chris Bryant, and he certainly left the door open for potentially a big trade this winter. I look at both those guys as incredible players who are huge parts of what we have going on here, and they happen to both have two years of control left, so they're both guys we've had some level of discussion with in the past about trying to find an arrangement that can keep them Cubs longer, and we'll probably you know get around to doing that again. I look at them both the same, that they're they're fantastic players. I don't think it's mutually exclusive. I think they're both hugely important, and it'd be hard to see them out of a Cubs uniform, but we're at a transition point, and we have to do whatever's best for the Cubs. I hope it includes both those guys. Translation, we're going to make you a very fair offer, but we're not going to pay you over the top, top of the market, completely ridiculous to keep you here. Do you want to be a Cub or not? Here is a ton of money that sets you up, your family up, your grandkids up, your grandkids' grandkids up. Do you want to be here or not? I don't know what either of those guys are going to do. But if they won't sign, then I don't blame Theo if he makes a bold move this year with one of those guys to really shake up the roster. That's certainly in play. What's Theo looking for in a manager? We have an open mind. I think, you know, you always learn a lot when you have an opportunity to do a managerial search. It's manager of the Cubs is such a such an esteemed position. You should have access to just about anyone in the industry you want to talk to. And they will. Joe Girardi, I know for a fact, wants the job. I'm sure Mark Loretta wants it, bench coach of the Cubs. I'm sure Mark DeRosa would be very interested. And, of course, David Ross, who was on the show last week. Talked about how he wants to manage pretty obviously on this program, on the Mark with Mark Carmen. Thank you, David Ross. And also on ESPN last night, Theo addressed that talking about Ross and said, look, we are trying to move forward. We are looking ahead. The fact that he's got relationships with Anthony Rizzo and Chris Bryan and John Lester, that's not, that doesn't disqualify him. But that doesn't make him somebody that we necessarily really want to hire. In fact, it seemed to me like it was a hurdle that he's got to get over. Cubs also need help at second base and in center field. Center field and second base were, were the two positions where you know, we had the least production this year. We had the most trouble. We do have in-house options, but being transparent, of course, it's an area where you look to upgrade and see if you can get the, the total package with the prototypical center fielder who can also lead off. Those guys don't grow on trees. You going to go pay for Whit Merrifield down in Kansas City? Who are you giving up? Hey, Kansas City, you want Kyle Schwarber? You're certainly doing all right with Jorge Soler. But I don't know if the Cubs want to trade Schwarber after an enormous year. I mean, Kyle really came to play in the second half of the season. A lot of questions for the Cub. And at the end of the day, I was hoping they would keep Joe Madden because I think he's – arguably the best manager in baseball. And I'm glad for the Cubs that Theo is sticking around. And he's been in a slump. But I don't think you throw Theo out, and I wouldn't have thrown the manager out. But they did, and hopefully they'll be right that a new voice will impact the team. I did like what he said about Joe Madden as far as his future. If I were in a different situation, I would hire Joe in a second. I would hire Joe in a second today. And it looks like the Los Angeles Angels are going to be that team. Getting rid of Brad Osmus. Joe spent three-plus decades with the Angels, and now he's going to get a chance to manage him. 
which seems perfect. Go out to the West Coast, chill out, live the dream. Tough division, but not a bad landing spot for Madden. Let's move on to the Chicago White Sox and some exit interviews. One of my favorites from the White Sox this year was Lucas Giolito, absolutely dominating. Ask Lucas, what was his favorite moment from 2019? I'll mention there were a lot of accomplishments for Lucas Giolito this year. I'll say the the um, the complete game shutout versus the Astros, um, because it was kind of like for me, like cementing cementing in like to myself. All right, like this is this is what I can do. And uh, I put in the work. I'm starting to see the results, and um, I don't want to stop. So let's keep going. Congrats on a phenomenal year. James McCann mentioned when you when you guys got named during the rain delay. Just it was great for him, but also it was awesome to see uh, just the partnership for you and, and going in there as well. Oh yeah, yeah. The the All Star stuff is definitely up there as well. I mean, you know, that's kind of, that's like the dream come true kind of stuff. Uh, I just I wanted to kind of give a different kind of answer, I guess yeah. you could say, change it up a little bit. But uh, yeah, that was I was pitching that day. It was a day game against the Twins, um, and yeah, we got the. It was like a rain delay, or the game was called early because of rain. But like we got announces all stars right before the game, and so that was really cool going out to pitch like just then learning uh, about that. So. Yeah, great year, a lot of fun. Best moment next year, see your future be your future? If I'm talking about best moments, I'd like uh, holding up a trophy to be one of those. Uh, we got a lot of work to get there, but we got the talent, that's for sure. Indeed, the White Sox are piling up some talent over there. One of my favorite guys out of the bullpen this year was Aaron Bummer. What about your favorite moment, Mr. Left-Hander? Uh, Eloy's home run in Wrigley Field. High fly ball into deep left field. Schwarber turns and looks, and it's gone. Eloy Jimenez has just hit a two-run bomb. And it's 3-1 to one White Sox. Jimenez floats around the bases here at Wrigley Field in his first ever game against his former team. What do you remember most about that particular moment? Uh, the entire game. The entire game was incredible. I mean, just the chance going back and forth, the White Sox-Cubs, um, Eloy coming up in the bottom, I think, it was, or what, it was at the top of the eighth? Yeah, I think it was the top of the eighth and hitting that home run, man, and just the deafening silence from the Cubs fans and the absolute roar of the White Sox fans. It was something that, you know, it, it had that atmosphere of – just incredible. I mean, I've never been to the playoffs, but I mean, it felt something out of that story back there where Eli coming up with a big hit against his old team, and that was just, I mean, that was the most fun game that I've played, and that was the most exciting game that I was part of. And the atmosphere that night at Wrigley Field was incredible. Ninth inning, Eloy hitting the two run homer and just floating around the bases. And Sox fans going crazy and Cub fans thinking, oh, my God. It was sweet when we traded for Sammy Sosa, but now we gave up Aloy Jimenez. 
Dylan Cease, and we got, as my buddy David Kaplan likes to say, a Buick in return in Jose Quintana. Let's do one more out of that White Sox clubhouse, and you may not know who Yolmer Sanchez is unless you're a White Sox fan, but Yolmer is your standard second baseman, shortstop, third baseman, utility guy, starter on a bad team, off the bench on a good team, but great guy in the clubhouse, always energetic, always ready to go, and if I was a major leaguer, I think this would be my answer if you ask me my favorite moment in any year, this year being 2019. Give me the Yolmer Sanchez favorite moment of 2019. <laughs> my, oh, I have my second son. My second uh, son, I thought you, how do you say? Uh, yeah, you're right. So, yeah, my second son born in the May. So I think that was my favorite moment of 2019. What about on the field? On the field? Oh, I mean, I enjoy every second. Every second and uh, I don't know, I, I, I hit a, a walk-off this year, but I think every day is, is a special. It's a special day to be in big league, you know, to play in big league and spend time with, with uh, in a big league clubhouse. So, I mean, I enjoy it from day one to, to today. I just love it. Being in a big league clubhouse. I just love it. Being in a big league clubhouse, not taking it for granted. This is an incredible life that I am able to live, and I know it's not going to last forever. I worked incredibly hard to get here, and I just love coming to the ballpark every day and being around my teammates and being coached by the best coaches and running out into the field and 30,000 or 15,000, I don't care how many fans, I get to be in the big leagues, the most exclusive country club in the planet, on the planet. I love it, Yelmer Sanchez. You are a good man. Let's switch from the White Sox and the Cubs over to the Chicago Bears and, uh, yes, spending some time in the locker room this week. The Bears have a punter in Pat O'Donnell who is just – the guy that you see at the gym who's eating kale and lifting weights, it just doesn't look like a punter. First of all, he's like six foot four, and second of all, he's in phenomenal shape. So I had a slightly awkward interview with Pat O'Donnell. Would you consider yourself the most in shape punter in the NFL? I mean, I, th- I you got you look like you could run a marathon. I'd put me up there. Yeah, yeah. There's some guys that take uh, pride in their appearance, but uh, yeah, I get a lot of. <laughs> A lot of grief for that in the locker room, though. Should a punter take pride in his appearance? I think every player should. You know, I mean, your body's your livelihood. As long as you can keep that healthy, hopefully you'll play as long as you can. Do you go straight kale? Do you, would you throw in a, you know, what, what's the smoothie of choice? Or I feel like you haven't had pizza in, in three years. <laughs> smoothie of choice. Uh, actually, I'm really big on juice, like the green juice. Yeah, I do that a lot. More fun booting a, a 65-year-old punt or, I don't know, smoking one out of the end zone on a kickoff? I would say punt. Yeah, because you flip the field, you know, for your defensive guys. 
I know you're not, you don't get nervous. You're a professional, but w- between the two, where do you, where do you get more juiced up to do? I tell you what, like uh, last game, I was pretty juiced up for the kickoff, especially when home crowd and stuff like that. I can only imagine what that's going to be like. Do you like the college thing when they where they flip, you know, they get the keys out and you hear all the do you, do you hear that? You do, but sometimes it's just white noise at that point. But yeah, you do hear it. So I talked to a couple people this week who think that if the Bears' offense gets going, why not the why not the Bears taking the whole thing? What do you think? Taking what whole thing? The Super Bowl, winning the whole damn shalada. Let's do it, right? Why not? Why not? That's why we play this game. Well, if the Bears are going to win that Super Bowl, they're going to need the quarterback now to get healthy. Mitchell Trubisky injured, of course. With the separated shoulder and the Bears win over the Vikings that got him to 3-1. and one. I caught up with Bradley Sowell. Bradley was an offensive lineman. The Bears moved him over to tight end. He had to lose 40 pounds to do it. And somehow, someway, he got it done. So a couple of questions with Bradley. Number one, about that quarterback and what it's like playing with Trubisky and his personality. And also, at the end of this little brief interview, I asked him what kind of food he misses eating, and Bradley has an excellent choice. Bradley's also been cut, brought back, and now cut again. I expect him to be brought back to the team sometime later this week. But here's a guy who's just living on the end of an NFL roster. He's in, he's out, he's in, he's losing 40 pounds. Not easy. But let's start with that quarterback at Mitchell Trubisky, and Trubisky's focus always on the game. All, all football all the time, which, which is how you want your quarterback to be. And um, he's a little hard on himself, just like you know a good player would be. But um, you also got to respect when something's broke with him. He's always out there trying to fix it, and um, you know he definitely gives his all, and I respect the heck out of that. There was a video clip going around where Matt's in his face saying, man, they F up, and and he say how much he loves it when when you when when Bradley's sitting at home watching that what's the reaction um i mean it's if you know Matt and know how how he is he he was probably saying it in like a pump up way to be honest with you um he's yeah he's he's not that kind of coach to be disrespectful to a player at all he is he's the ultimate competitor and um you know he's there's been multiple times where he gets fired up in the huddle and i freaking i love it i know a lot of guys love it and um he's very passionate he's just one of those guys where you look at him it's like this guy's going to find a way to win no matter what like if he has to change everything he'll do i mean he'll do whatever it takes to win. That's why I love him. I talked to uh, Owen Daniels this week, who had you know great success in the league as a tight end. I asked him, "Who do you like in the NFC?" And he starts thinking for a little bit. He's like, "You know what? Bears get that offense going. I actually like Chicago. That's a that's a tight end spot. Giving some love here. What do you think?" Yeah, I mean it, it's it's true. I mean talent. There's no secret. This room, this team is stacked with talent. You know, if our offense kind of gets going a little bit, which we're we're training in the right direction. You see what our defense can do. I mean, there, there's no reason we shouldn't be in or win every single game we play in. So um, from a talent standpoint, it's there. It's just all about us going out there and putting it all together on the field. And for you personally, last one here, uh, how are you looking at contributing the rest of the way here? Um, you know, just, just doing exactly what they asked me to do. Um, I know that they you know, they have a plan for me, and it's a, a process trying to get to where, where they want me to be. I mean, I just started this in May. 
you know, I was 300, 315 pounds in May. So, um, you know, it's slow increments of getting better. And I've been showing, you know, a lot of stuff I can do in practice. And I think they're satisfied with it. But at the same time, they don't want to just throw me in there and that, you know, have a disappointment early. So it's they're kind of easing me into it and just listen to what they say. And then um, hopefully I can contribute down the road. What are you at right now? Um, about 275 now. So, yeah, that's, that's a lot of weight to lose since May and then try to keep my strength up, plus learning a whole new play. I mean, it's a lot, a lot to do. But I think they like where I'm going, and I'm just going to trust them with the plan. I mean, I've been playing eight years, so it's got, it's whatever at this point. I mean, I want to want to do best I can, and I just got to listen to them. Biggest food you miss? Pizza. Dude, we're in Chicago. Like, I mean, I haven't had pizza in forever, and I, I could just crush one right now, to be honest with you. <laughs> Would you go deep dish? Is that a thin? What are we talking? Deep dish Pequods. I mean, it's it's my favorite by far here, deep dish Pequod. I mean, it's like my spot. I love it. What's on that thing? I just do meatball. The meat, deep dish meatball from Pequods down in Morton Grove. It's it's the bomb. Last stop in the Bears locker room. We slide over from the tight end spot to the center position. James Daniels out of Iowa was a center in college, then a guard last year, now moved back to center and this is a guy that perhaps could make a Pro Bowl down the line. Caught up with him about that position switch. And a guy named Mitch. Biggest thing for you uh, making the position switch this year, how's it, how's it been? Oh, it's going good. Everyone's been helping me, so I would say it's going good. You feel more comfortable this year at this time versus last year or the same? What would you say? I was, I mean, I'd say about the same, yeah. I, yeah, I would say about the same, yeah. I mean, I remember when you came out and everyone's like, this guy is a center. Uh, that's what he does. But you can also play anywhere on the offensive line. You're super talented. Like, How did you consider yourself coming in the league? Uh, I was just trying to do whatever to help the team win. So if it didn't matter what position, that's all I was trying to do. Could you ever see, like if they said, hey, we want to move you again, would that bother you? No, it wouldn't. Yeah, I'm just I'm just trying to do whatever. If they think it's better for, for that, if that's if that's what's best for the team, then I'll do it. So it really doesn't matter. Team guy through and through. Yeah. Mitchell in the huddle this year to last year. Uh, I can't remember. I honestly, I don't know. I mean, in the huddle, I mean, he's good. He's getting the play call in, trying to get us in the huddle, like hurrying us up and things like that. We're doing like our no huddle stuff. So I say, I'd say, yeah, he's doing a good job. I can't remember. I'm. Yeah, he's probably doing better than he was doing last year, but I feel like he is doing He's doing really good getting the call in and making sure everyone's where they need to be. Does he ever get on you? Yeah, he always, yeah. What will he get on you for? Just like if the huddle's not set or things like that, just making sure that when he gets up, when he's like waiting for the play call that the huddle is set so he can walk in get and say the play so he doesn't have to wait to say the play once he once he gets into the huddle. What, what do you think needs to happen for the offense to go n to the next level? We just need to just keep on improving, just focus on little details. And every every game, I mean, every day in practice, just focus on the little details. And when the game comes, just focus on the little details so we can get better and better and just improve every week. I'm thinking that guy Tariq could be a big part of next leveling this thing. What do you think? Yeah, Tariq is good. I mean, he's, he's a really good, really good playmaker, can do a lot of things. So it's just good that... It's just good that we have playmakers all around that can that can do good. Good thing your locker's not right behind his. Oh, yeah, because there'd be a lot of media people over here, so it's good. Last stop today, we're picking it up with Owen Daniels, who won a Super Bowl with the Denver Broncos. The last pass that Peyton Manning ever completed in the NFL was to Owen Daniels. Naperville, Illinois product, and uh, also longtime 
with the Houston Texans. But one comment, by the way, on Bradley Soul and his choice of Pequod's for his pizza. Pequod's is excellent, but the number one pizza in Chicago is, I'm going Bacino's. You got to go underdog, right? I can't go Lou Mal's. I can't go Gino's East. I got to go. I got to go off the radar. I'm going with a Bacino stuffed spinach and mushroom. All right, let me bring in my guy, Owen Daniels. He's working with Jack Daniels and keeping you hydrated at the same time. And Owen had a child who got diagnosed with cancer at two years old. So I asked him about that, and he was very open talking about it. Talked a ton of football as well. And by the way, he's not related to James Daniels of the Chicago Bears. Here is OD. It's the OD, Owen Daniels, with us here. Ten years in the NFL, two-time Pro Bowler, and, of course, a Super Bowl 50 champ with the Denver Broncos. Uh, he also loves weather. We'll get to that uh, in a minute. OD, I actually wanted to, I wanted to start with your son. I, you know, you guys have you and your wife have uh, posted about uh, Henry and his his battle with cancer, and it seems like he's doing great. Uh, how's everything at home? He's doing awesome, man. He's got a clean bill of health. He's uh, had scans every three months, MRI scans that he does every three months. So he's he's just over a year. Um, out of his surgery to have his uh, tumor removed, and he's had a clean bill of health the whole time. Um, and it was obviously a, a, a tough um, year that he had had gone through as far as he got diagnosed with neuroblastoma when he was two years old and I had to go through four rounds of chemotherapy. He had a, a tumor that was um, cancerous and inoperable at the time, and um they went through his four rounds of chemo, lost his hair. He's a he's a brave little boy, and um, he is doing fantastic now. It's like it's like nothing ever happened. He's a tough kid, man. He's uh, kids are super resilient. And, um, we've learned a lot about uh, the pediatric cancer world along the way, and they're trying to bring some uh, awareness to that. And, um, uh, as we go through this life now, so. Um, a lot of kids out there need help, and um, <clears throat> not so much. There should be more funding for pediatric cancer than there is. I think they only get about four percent of the of the uh, federal funding for cancer research in general. So um, the kids are our future. So we're trying to get some more awareness for that. But he's doing awesome. Thank you very much for asking. Yeah, I'm curious. Like, what's your advice to parents who maybe? Somehow we're coming across this interview right now and they're in the same spot and obviously they're feeling a ton of fear and just trying to handle the whole thing. What would you say? Yeah, no, fear is a a very normal emotion to have, to be be scared and to be sad or to be angry about the situation. I think I felt all those things and, um, you know, just to... uh, you know, to be okay with having those emotions, but to be there and be strong for your kid. And, and, you know, we really tried to keep everything as normal as possible as far as, um, you know, you know, he, he, he became, he started to have his, he had these, all these robots he had to get attached to all the time when he was having his infusions. And, um, but they became his robot friends and MRI, wow. MRI machines became his, his big robot friends. So, um, to keep things, as light as possible, um, as it, it, difficult as that is, um, you know, the kids, uh, tend to 
you know, react, um, seems from my perspective, at least with our son, uh, react well and, and, um, deal with things a little bit better when you're keeping things a little bit more on the lighter side, but it's tough when you're going through that stuff and you see your kids in pain and, um, you know, you know, having nausea issues or, um, you know, whatever side effects come from the, uh, the treatment and the, the chemo drugs. So, um, just, I guess, have trust in, in the doctors that they know exactly what they're doing. You know, we're very lucky to have specialists down here with the, with the type of cancer that he has. Very, very, very rare form of cancer. Only about 600 kids a year get diagnosed. So, um, a lot, a lot of pediatricians will never see it. Um, but when you, when you finally get in it and, and you have the doctors there, they're doing everything possible to make things uh, as comfortable for the kid as possible and to get them as healthy as, as quickly as possible. So uh, have that trust in the doctors. They know exactly what they're doing and just be there um, you know, for your kid. It's, it's hard on parents to have to deal with it. Um, but the way we look at it is like, hey, um, it, it's it's got to be even tougher on the kids, so uh, we can be strong for him and be there to support him, and, um, and I think that's a, a good mentality for most parents out there to take. Yeah, appreciate you sharing. Uh, hey, you're working with with Crown Royal today, which is uh, the Crown Royal oh, yeah. Water Break, uh, which uh, yeah. most people don't equate those two here, Owen. Uh, but it's, it's <laughs> you know, we're reminding football fans that you know, oh, yeah. drink responsibly, but throw that water in there too to you know keep yourself hydrated, which is super important. So tell tell me why you're why this was something that you wanted to be involved with. Definitely, I, you know, I was. Uh been fortunate this is my second year in a row being involved with this stuff and you know from my experience playing playing football obviously as, as players it's really important to stay hydrated uh, while we're playing and for fans it's equally as important you know you want to be able to enjoy the entire game day experience from the from the pregame tailgate during the games the postgame tailgate that's a lot of time that's probably about six hours out there where you could be enjoying yourself and, and to add some water breaks in there is just going to make things more enjoyable for yourself and all the fans around you so um that's what crown's promoting this year and um i'll actually be uh at energy stadium this sunday here in houston texas uh at the crown royal hydration hydration station uh at the boulevard fan fest you know interacting with fans and handing out waters and um, it's still a little toasty down here in Houston, still really humid, about 90 degrees and humid. So um, that's even more important down here when you deal with the heat to stay hydrated while you're enjoying yourself in your crowd of beverages. That's that's a beautiful plan. Let, let, let's talk about those Texans. I'm assuming that you, of course, love playing with Matt Shaw, but it wouldn't have been too bad to be on the field with this Deshaun Watson character, right? You are you are exactly right. I love playing with Shoppy. <clears throat> he's he's uh, still one of my good friends, and obviously we had a great relationship on the field. And but but yeah, uh, I don't I don't think there's many guys in the league out there right now that uh, would have a problem um, playing with Deshaun Watson with his ability and um, you know, obviously great athletic ability to make plays with his feet, but. He still wants to make throws down the field. So a lot of those times where he gets outside the pocket and the play kind of breaks down, you kind of get into scramble drill mode. Um, you know, instead of just, you know, putting his eyes down and, and running with the football, he's, he's wanting to make plays and throws down the field, and that's where a lot of big plays happen. So that's been a ton of fun. Did you think 
in that draft that if you were picking the quarterbacks, it was Trubisky, Watson, and Patrick Mahomes. Who who would OD have taken first there? Oh man, I think I think uh, who the Texans have right now. I mean, um, you just can't go wrong with with his leader with Deshaun's leadership ability. Obviously, his, his physical ability is speaks for itself, but. Um, and I haven't been in the locker room with this guy. I've, I've met him a couple of times and, and you know, had a little short conversation with him. But um, it seems like, you know, guys look to him as a leader and as being as young as he is and, and having that kind of impact on the team and, and guys around him. Um, that says almost more than just his physical ability. So um, that's, that's a great sign for this organization to have a guy like him and um, I, I really believe that you know they stay healthy, they continue to improve, uh, they stay healthy offensively and defensively. That that, that he's going to bring a championship here um, before his time's up. Yeah, people are asking when are they going to get the next Owen Daniels a tight end with the Houston Texans? Do you, do you see anybody on the roster? And I know we got some guys on IR too that can maybe step into the level that you were playing at back in the day. Oh man, the next OG, that's tough. Um, but they do have some guys that could be better. I don't know. I mean, they have some guys that are bigger, um, you know, uh, you know, very athletic guys, you know, with Jordan Atkins and Darren Fellows. Those guys have, you know, at least as of late, as of last game, they got, they got a chance to get the ball in the hands a little bit more and make some more plays. So, um, they got a ton of weapons on offense. That's kind of the thing with football. There's one ball to go around. I mean, Hopkins is going to see a lot of touches, and, and you know, Will Fuller, Fuller makes big plays. Obviously, they added, you know, with Kenny Stills here and and, and this pretty solid run game. Um, um, that always helps the tight ends get involved. That, that was my experience when I was playing. We always had a really solid run game and you know, get some get some looks off play action and um, some keepers and stuff like that. That's when tight ends tend to get involved, and um, you know, knowing what Bill O'Brien likes to do with his offense, uh, coming from New England, they like to use multiple tight ends and get those guys involved. So, um, hopefully, we can see more and more of it as the season goes along. It's exciting to see. Bill O'Brien gets a lot of heat, Owen. Do you think he's the right guy to coach the Texans? Well, a lot of head coaches in the league get a lot of heat. Uh, let's see, how many years is this for him now? His first year, coach was 2014. This is his sixth season here. So I think they're just ready for him to take the next step, you know. Um, he did a fantastic job keeping those guys together last year when they started out 0-3 and were able to fight their way back into the playoffs. Um, man, that was a pretty unbelievable coaching job, and you know, from my perspective. And right now, they're they're way ahead of the game from where they were last year. Season two and one, you got a chance to be three and one and, and take a bigger lead in the division. It's a divisional game this week, so um, hey, it's that's just like the nature of the game here in Houston. You know, Coach Kubiak went, you know, had back to back playoff seasons. You know, taking a team that was uh, taking an organization really that wasn't very good. And turn them into winners, and then we had a bad one bad season, and he got the boot. So uh, that's kind of just uh, the nature of the business in general, and especially down here in Texas. Yeah, I mean, you spend your whole career with Gary. He's up in Minnesota now. That's a team that's trying to figure it out, at least offensively, certainly, and get Kirk Cousins to the next level. Uh, how do you think Gary's going to help the Vikings? Um. But it looks like he's helping them out a bunch right now. I mean, they got a, they got a lot of playmakers up there on that team. 
they got some solid tight ends. They got some uh, a fantastic running back and a quarterback who who reminds me of um, kind of like the intelligence and ability that Matt Schaub had. You know, Matt he, he Matt threw for a bunch of yards, had a ton of success here. Um, and, and, and Kirk Cousins kind of fit, you know fits that mold. Um, I was able to have a you know great conversation with Coach Kubiak over the summer. I play some golf with him, and uh, he seems like he really enjoys his role up there as far as overseeing the offense and and you know, making sure they're running things the way he wants it to be run. But um, it's a fantastic fit up there for for him and what he likes to do and the players that they have. So it's uh, it's cool to see them doing their thing. Yeah, what's what's your opinion on uh, right now? Best team in the NFC, best team in the AFC. Hmm. Mm-mm-mm. <laughs> Let's see here. AFC. I mean, it's hard to look past the Patriots right now, as far as they're usually the benchmark. Um, yeah, I think KC's right there with them. Um, let's see, NFC wise, NFC wise, Packers, I Cowboys. Mean, I know the Bears. I know the Bears are struggling right now a little bit on offense, but man, if they can get that offense clicking as the season goes along, that defense is fantastic. And as you know, as, you know how you know how it goes up there as, as the fall kind of turns into winter and. Um, the weather conditions get a little bit crappier, but that defense is more and more and more important, and especially as you go into the playoffs. So if they get that offense a little bit more consistent there, um, they're going to be a problem as we go along. You grew up a Bears fan, correct? I would assume going and uh, living in Naperville, I, Illinois. You know what? <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh, I, I didn't. Uh, I wasn't necessarily a, a big Bears fan. I was a big Bengals fan. Wow. Um Back in the '80s, growing up, I remember four years old watching on TV. You know, I remember the whole Super Bowl shuffle stuff. Um, that was like right when I started kind of like getting into watching football, and I was like, you know, three or four. And um, but the Bengals had really cool helmets uh, for a little kid like that. It was like, oh man, I don't know, the stripes on their helmets is pretty awesome. And then they were pretty good in the '80s. So um, I was like a Bengals Bears guy. So I, I, I had my two teams from the two conferences, and I was good to go. I love it. You want your son playing football someday? Do I want my son playing football? Um, if they want to play football once they maybe get to high school, I, I'll I'll consider it. Um, who knows what the game will be like? Um, you know, like ten, twelve years from now. Um, but I'm gonna have them involved in as many different sports as possible. Um, trying to get a golf club in their hand right now. You know. Um, <laughs> I like to play golf myself, so to have an excuse to take them out on the golf course would be great. Um, but I played, you know, you know, we're, you know, my siblings and I were busy with sports year round, playing, you know, as one season went to the next, football to basketball to baseball, track and field, golf, whatever it was. So um, I think that's important for kids in general, just to be involved with more than just. Yeah, specializing in one sport. Each sport helps out the next one is the way I've always thought. Um, but um, I'm not opposed to them playing the game, but I don't need them putting on a helmet and doing tackle football when they're 10 years old like I was doing. 
Interesting. And you, you were, uh, I know you were a center on your high school basketball team. You, you, you mentioned track and whatnot. A lot of parents out there, oh, and they're like, hey, my kid's got to figure out what he wants to do. He's got to do it now. I want that scholarship. But sounds like you're saying, hey, let him play everything. It's going to help him everywhere else. And eventually it'll sort of naturally appear which way, if they do have the talent, which way to go. I think so, man. I think, you know, you, you get focused on one sport, you know, this young, you can try to get specialized in one thing, and you can, it's easy to get burnt out. Um, it's easier for guys to get injured that way, honestly, I think. Um, for me growing up, it was, you know, hey, we played football in the fall, summer and fall, and then, hey, we were, we were refreshed and excited to go play basketball. And then we were... Uh, refreshed, excited to go play baseball or do track. And then all of a sudden you were excited again to go play football. And each one of those sports, you know, once you got to high school level, as far as the training involved, help, you know, these help each other out. You know, the, the, the short space movement um, and agility and basketball definitely transition to, to, to playing football. You know, the speed and explosiveness needed for track and field. I was, I was a jumper and sprinter. Um, that transitioned really well to the game of football and um, so being involved with, with a lot of other stuff, you get, you know, building more relationships and friendships that way. Um, you know, when, when it comes down to it, that's how um, I see my wife and I handling our kids as far as sports is concerned. Did you have a lot of concussions from football? Done a lot of concussions for football. Um, you know what? Um, I would probably say yes. Um, I don't necessarily know, you know, like what is the concussion, you know, like you have to be out cold on the field. That's one type of concussion. You know, there's, there's a lot of times where I would be blocking somebody or get tackled or, you know, take a hit and like, wow, that, that really hurt a lot, but I'm not going to come out of the game type of thing. So, um, Luckily for me, I've, I've uh, been able to, you know, get brain MRIs and, you know, ch- you know, check my frontal lobe where all the executive functioning takes place, and um, everything looks pretty good. Um, so either I was taught good fundamentals or have a really uh, thick skull. Um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm, for right now, I'm, I'm 36 years old. I'm doing pretty well, and I'm. Um, all my, you know, functioning seems pretty, pretty good, but I'll continue to you know, track that as, as the years go along. OD, I appreciate the timer. I got two more for you. Uh, number one, I know you love weather. What's going on with this climate, man? And are you, oh, yeah. are you, are you going to do anything in, involved with that going forward? And, and I'm just curious, like where that whole <laughs> passion came from, period. Yeah, well, I guess uh, growing up in Chicago, man, we see basically every type of weather except for hurricanes. And I was I was scared of the severe storms when I was really young, and then that kind of turned into um, an interest in how it works and, and why it happens. And you know, I remember watching Tom Skilling, and he had thousands of maps that he puts up. I think he still does that uh, and every little you know weather forecast he was doing, and um, that really piqued my interest. And and then when I was deciding to, to go to school, Wisconsin has a great um, atmospheric and oceanic science program there, and that was one of the factors in deciding to go up there uh, was having that opportunity to 
study under those professors and in, in, in that school. So, um, yeah, man, the climate is going to continue to change. It's, it's not um, not going exactly where we'd like it to go. Um, so the weather will be a little bit more hectic and um, a little bit more extreme as far as you know, hot and cold and um, dry days and 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 wet seasons and. Um, I guess it's exciting. It, it, you can look at it from that perspective as if you're uh, you're passionate about weather that you know things are going to get a little bit crazier. Or, um, you know, a, a, a lot of good stuff to study. I guess I could I should say, but um, there's, there's stuff we can do, and I think there's people trying to trying to make a difference and um, doing things to cool the planet off and um, settle things down a little bit, but. Um, seems like there's a lot of politics involved in that so um yeah but overall weather on a day-to-day basis is, is kind of a fun thing to follow and uh especially down here in houston we just got dumped on last week we had some major flooding down here off that little uh tropical storm that we had so that seems to be uh, at least a once-a-year thing down here that uh, there's some major flooding. Um, and that's just that's as far as living in Houston. You just did your best. Just to like living in Chicago, you're going to get some freezing cold days and you get a crazy winter storm, and that's just kind of the way it goes. Yeah, you just did your best to turn a negative into a positive. There, I, I, it, 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 it can be looked at as well. We got we got action here in this field. There's some entertainment. Hey, let's uh, let's wrap up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Let let let's wrap up with Peyton Manning. You caught his last touchdown pass that he ever threw in the NFL, which is kind of amazing. Uh, I'd love to hear a Peyton story and, and maybe a memory from the Super Bowl and just that whole experience had to be a pretty pretty cool way to, to end an NFL career for you. Oh, man, storybook, storybook ending for sure. Um, just having a chance to play in the AFC Championship game or a championship game in general, Um and then all the stuff surrounding the Super Bowl and, you know, leading up to it and, you know, just just showing up at the game, showing up on the on the team playing that, you know, uh, in San Francisco that year was incredible. <clears throat> but but so, so the guy that you see uh, on TV, the Peyton Manning you see on TV in the Nationwide commercials, that is exactly who Peyton is. Like, he is, that's his sense of humor. Um... Like you watch those commercials and you feel like you can just sit down and have a conversation with the guy. That's just, he, he makes everybody feel that comfortable. Like as big of a, a legend as he is in the game, <clears throat> really in the world, people know who he is. Um, but can make anybody feel comfortable talking to him about anything. So, uh, <clears throat> and he loves football. Now he loves football. And he can he can relate anything to football. So um, he he's one of my the guys I really really most enjoyed playing with. Um, you know he helped me he helped me get a ring uh, on my finger, which was pretty awesome. But um, just just the knowledge of the game that I gained from him, uh, he passed along to me, and um, the relationship that I built with him it was it was pretty special to. You have a guy that I was, you know, I remember in, in junior high wearing his Tennessee jersey to school, and then I got to play alongside him and actually helped him learn Coach Kubiak's offense uh, in his last year in the league. So 
kind of a kind of a crazy um, you know football circle of life right there. So you're sitting there explaining the offense to Peyton Manning. That's kind of amazing. Yeah, crazy, right? Yeah, I was, I was rocking his Tennessee jersey in, in, when I was about in seventh grade, and um, and I was out there on the field catching passes and, you know, telling him, hey, I'm going to run this route this way, and you'll know, probably hit me over here. Um, and, and, yeah, it was, uh, it was uh, kind of surreal the more I think about it. Owen Daniels, OD, you're working with Crown Royal today. Appreciate all that, and thanks so much for the time, man. It was great to talk to you. Absolutely. Thanks a lot. My final thoughts today. Just want to rewind back to the managerial search. The Cubs are under, and it certainly seemed again, like last week that David Ross was interested. Now, what will Theo Epstein do? David Ross was a tremendous leader when he was here. And I watched a video of him explaining how he went about his at-bat in Game 6 of the World Series, how he watched Andrew Miller, and how he would throw a slider late in the count. And when he saw Miller shake, he knew he was probably shaking off the slider because that's the pitch he threw there. And so he was ready for the fastball. The fastball comes, he sells out for it, and he hits a home run in Game 6 of the World Series. Now, I don't know if that makes you a leader of men. I don't know if you'll get people to follow you. But it seems to me someone with that level of detail and that level of intelligence and that level of partnership, by the way, with John Lester, who brought him to the Cubs, seems to me that David Ross would be a home run as a hire to replace Joe Madden. I would have kept Joe Madden. I would have given him a lifetime deal. The guy earned it. But since the Cubs have moved on, and when you're looking around, there's Joe Girardi and Mark Loretta. Mark DeRosa, and who else they're going to talk to. But I'd roll the dice if I was Theo Epstein and give a guy who's never managed but was a backup catcher and watched a whole lot of baseball and learned a ton, I would give David Ross a shot at it. Thank you for listening to On the Mark, and thank you to all our guests today. A ton of people on the show, so much so that I cannot remember. Please give a rating, subscribe, tell a friend. On the Mark comes out every Monday afternoon except on a Monday when there was Rosh Hashanah, which was this week. Happy New Year to all my Jewish brethren out there. Hope you had a great start to your new year with a family gathering on this Rosh Hashanah Monday, Rosh Hashanah week. Thanks for listening to On the Mark with Mark Carmen. We'll see you next week. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.